Hey, welcome to Rushcast. As you may have heard from the intro, we've got here today uh, the Prog Rock Block. <laughs> so, Alex here and my buddy Chris. Hey, how's it going, guys? And uh, Jay asked us to fill in for two weeks because he's off doing things and I think he has vacation or something. So, here we are. And we, we sat down in Chris's uh, living room and we're like, what are we even going to talk about? But I think we have a, an interesting show for you. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> kind of just reminiscing here, we're kind of uh, throwing around a couple ideas, and we wanted to talk about how our uh, interest and rush have changed uh, as we've been growing up. So it's been a little bit different. It's been phew, like two years since we've done the prog rock block. It feels like forever. It's been like 18 months. Last time we did it was the f- December of 2014, and... The funny part is, like, the last segment of the Pro Rock Block, because the whole structure of the show was, play a song, talk, play a song, talk, was we all realized we played instruments and we should make a band, and that is what happened. So, like, for the last year and a half, um, Chris didn't actually play in the band. No, Mr. No. Mr. Mr. Trumpet over here did not pick nope. up his trumpet nope. and join in. It's still in the closet over there, too. But um, <laughs> Peter and Melvin, Peter was on the show last time I I was a, a host, Um we all made a band, and Alice is, uh, was also there that day, and added my cousin in, and it's been good times, but um, yeah, it's kind of been a, a distraction from uh, the prog rock block days. No, it's been good, though. I mean, you guys have, uh, you played a show, which was really nice, a couple uh, couple months ago. I was actually there, I was number, uh, number, my number one or number two groupie. You're definitely number one groupie, man. My number one? I thought, I think- I thought Jeannie was number one. She's around more, I guess. Okay. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm, I'm in there. I'm in the top three. All right. But you, you've been our video guy. Exactly. Yeah. I was there. I was. I was helping. I was helping. I was uh, helping record the show. My brother and his friend came over. They did audio. Got some great footage. We're still waiting on the music video. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I look at the music video. I'm like, what did I get myself into? This is very complicated to edit. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> audio is one thing. Like you can podcast. It's 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 good. Um, I can't do any of it. So. I just I well the pro- <laughs> the problem is that we didn't do that good of a job of miming our song. We were listening to it blasting from my car stereo, and it kind of shows like not not all, it, it it the footage was not uh <laughs> exactly what we needed probably. <laughs> so it's it's been a little difficult, but I th- I think whether it's all there, it's just my chops aren't good enough to like make it an easy experience. It's gonna be definitely all uphill uh to put it together. I, I need to get back to it. I just there's been other things going on and just haven't has not been the priority yeah <laughs> it sounds like we use some of the uh sound crew guys from rush to to help you out oh yeah that'd be <laughs> awesome and, and yeah we get getty's brother involved right right mr. Yeah, uh, yeah. mr video production right yeah so um but yeah one of the things we wanted to talk about was just how what songs and what albums we got into rush what we connected with in the beginning but then also what's what did we connect with later in life and and why did that change happen what um, what life experiences made us latch onto different parts of Rush? So, I know Chris was talking about being interested in Twenty One Twelve to start off. Yeah, for me, uh, it was like high school, I guess. I don't remember what grade, but uh, I was good friends with uh with a friend Melvin growing up in uh, middle school and high school. And one day he. <laughs> Sounds like this uh, straight out of the '70s, but he comes up and he hands me this uh, album called 2112, and I'm like, "What? What is this?" 
I'm like, he's like, dude, you have to listen to this. This thing is amazing. You're going to be, your mind's going to be blown. I'm like, all right, that's fine. So, uh, yeah, I get home and I listen to it, you know, rip it on my computer and I'm like, holy shit, this is like the greatest thing I've ever heard. Put it on all the time. And from there, like, it was basically like, it was basically a race. I think it might've been like, you know, 11th or 12th grade or something. And it was, it was like in the fall or something. And basically from that point on, we were just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get one album. You're going to get one album. And we're just going to like share it together. And uh, mm-hmm. it took us like maybe, I don't know, like six months or something to finally get the whole collection. We were just like, we were obsessed with this band. It was crazy. But uh, still like, you know, coming back, 2112 was definitely the one that started it all off for me. And it still holds a special place in my heart. Did you latch on to the seventies content more or what, what, what genre of rush was? So I I think it was more to the hard rock aspect. Like before then I was really into, uh, Van Halen was probably one of my favorite bands and they're another unique band of like, you know, they're pretty poppy, but like for the, for the time, like the guitar that Eddie Van Halen was playing was like just insane. Like it just had a completely different sound it was really heavy and it was just like you know just hard truly like hard rock and uh even like you know i listened to a couple other bands like the the who was another one that i still like absolutely love it's just like a really hard rock band it's just like i was really into that type of music and 2112 for me just like took it to a whole different level yeah i mean so i've said before i don't know if ever on rush cast but the album that got me into rush was actually russian rio which i was listening to today um kind of reminiscing about that thinking about this show and i just thought the energy the live crowd brought to that album i think that was part of what drew me in yeah. um i still remember my dad got it from the library and i saw the the dragon with the the fruit basket on his head and i was like what is this and i popped allison chains out of my uh cd player <laughs> and like i was listening like Allison Chains and like Leonard Skinnerd and Linkin Park, Creed, like that, that's where I'm kind of coming from. And I popped this thing in and it like completely captivated me. And I remember I didn't have a computer at the time and we got this from the library and I'm, you know, uh, in seventh or eighth grade, I think eighth. And um, I just, I, I went around school asking who could rip me a copy of the CD so I could have it forever. You know, because I, I didn't have, I, I could have asked, I guess, for it from someone else, like my parents or something, but I was like, I need the CD. Right, right. And um, I remember getting it, and I just played that thing to death. And eventually my parents got the greatest hit CD, and we listened to that in the car. And like, funny part about it is my parents were really into Rush, but never exposed me to them directly. That's insane to me. Well, what's, <laughs> I, I just enjoy the fact that my mom went to a Rush concert. I was like, she was like six months pregnant with me. Uh, it was the Roll the Bones tour. And, like, that was my first concert. My one and only concert, like, wow. for, you know, the next whatever many years until I saw Creed. That was my first concert as a as a kid. Like, I <laughs> I was at a Rush show, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably what did it. That's what did it, man. I was just pre-exposed to, like, Roll the Bones and <laughs> yeah. and, and Dreamline. So, I I heard them on Russian Rio and was hooked. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I've heard those before. Yeah. But what's funny is, actually, that Peter back in the day he brought up rush and he was talking about signals and and neil peart being the best drummer and he's like this guy's crazy like i've never seen anything like him but it never I, I was like oh yeah i've heard of rush like but i didn't know rush at that time yeah, yeah so like he was actually getting into them before i did in that way and then we would just listen to him after church and um 
we just would geek out in the corner of like coffee hour with my iPod and splitting headphones kind of thing. And yeah. <laughs> I had the right, he had the left earbud or whatever. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, that was like my exposure. And I guess I, I just, I remember diving in head first with the material. I don't know what, besides what was in Russian Rio, what genre really caught me first. I remember just listening to it all. Um, I probably went chronological with it, to be honest. I probably did start off more in the seventies and work my way through. But I remember when Snakes and Arrows came out, that was the first album that I anticipated. Right. Was that the first one for you? No, actually. Um, yeah, I, we probably didn't, I probably didn't get into them until like, probably would have been 09. So Snakes and Arrows would have already been out already. Yeah. Um, the first show I went to was Time Machine Tour. In wow. Yeah. 20, late 2010 or early 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, actually, I wanted to say one thing before we can go on. Before, um, so the funny thing was is that actually I knew Peter also from a early age, but a kind of like a different scenario. So I, you grew up with him, um, I guess, kind of like elementary school, right? When you got yeah, really first, young. Yeah, right? we met very young. Yeah, so uh, I actually went to middle school with Peter for <laughs> three years at uh, North Hartford Elementary or North Hartford Middle, and uh, we played trumpet together. We were actually uh, we were standmates for three years, <laughs> which is actually kind of cool, but. Throughout that whole entire time, Peter, you didn't tell me anything about Rush. <laughs> I didn't learn anything about it until, you know, meeting, you know, until hanging out with Melvin until like, you know, 11th, 12th grade. And I couldn't believe it. I could have been like such a big fan before then. <laughs> would have had like so much more time. I would have like maybe gone to Snakes and Arrows and yeah, changed my life. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm still a little sad that I missed um, R30. Like I got into the band at what, like 06? Yeah, so you just 05. missed it. So, like, I just missed R30. Yeah, what a cool show that was. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I was talking to Chris, like, off air, so to speak, and he was saying to me that now, as he listens to Rush, he's really been getting into, like, the mid-'80s content. Yeah, it's been a little bit different for me. Um, yeah, I, you know, we're just we're kind of – we're kind of just like Rush, I guess. You know, their interests change over time. Um, they kind of get older. You know, the, the the 70s are more of, you know, they're just all young guys, angsty guys, and you're just making this ridiculously awesome music. They're like, we just want to make this 20-minute song just because. Like, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. just going to be totally epic. Then they get a few years older and a few years, you know, more mature, and they're like, well, you know, those things are cool, but, you know, we learned a little bit more. We think we're a little bit better songwriters. We can write better lyrics, and we're going to write some stuff that actually matters, and, you know, with, at least that we think that matters. The lyrics are going to be a little bit more, like, you know, stuff we can relate to. So that's kind of where the, you know, the mid-'80s stuff comes. But, yeah, for me, like, you know, even at work, I don't listen to Rush a whole lot, um, like on a day to day, right? You know, occasionally I'll put on a couple albums and, and do stuff, but when I do, usually it's something in between, probably signals and power windows. Um, I don't even listen to uh, moving pictures all that much um, by itself, but um, like power windows for me is like some of the best lyrical content that 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 I personally like connect to from 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 Neil, and a lot of stuff from uh, from. Grace Under Pressure, like Distant Early Warning, After Image, Red Sector A. Some of those songs just like really hit for me. Um, they're just extremely powerful lyrics and the music is just like, it, it's amazing. You were able to condense like these awesome songs with even more fantastic lyrics and you add synthesizers and smash it into a four or five minute song. It's just like, boom, mm. you've like found the recipe for success. Like you, <laughs> you satisfy all the people that crave the progressive stuff mm. and 
it can possibly be played on the radio. Well, I see. I feel the same way. So I I listened to Hold Your Fire recently and had kind of this revelation. I was like, this is like the most amazing mix of synthesizers and like consumable music with progressive elements. Like listen to the, like these drum beats. Like I love the way Neil's playing and yeah. the bass lines are just ridiculous. But like it's very accessible song formats. And I told Melvin, I was like, this album is a masterpiece. Like you gotta listen to it. Like this is a great direction for the band. Like <laughs> listen to it. He's like, I don't like that album. <laughs> he's like, it's not 2112. <laughs> he's like, that's not me. No, well, he's a bigger fan of Presto, I think. Yeah. See, I, I like Presto too. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he, he, he really does not. He's like, it's too cheesy. And yeah, that's, I guess that's the, that's, that's the hard part. Like you gotta make sure you don't get too cheesy. Yeah. Some lyrics are like that. Yeah, it's like that one song that I, <clears throat> I will not name on on Test for Echo that I just like cannot tolerate. The lyrics are just <laughs> way above cheesy for me. It's like nacho cheese, <laughs> that level of cheese. What's what song could it possibly be? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say it on air. <laughs> okay. Um, Maybe we'll put it in the liner notes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I have to find out how to upload this thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I know for me, I mean, obviously the content wasn't around, but I think I've really attached to um, the garden a lot. I think that 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 song has so much in it as far as um, the lyrical content is really a reflection of life and, and, and the life experience. And a lot of the things that have happened in my life recently make me think about that song. And um, it's just so powerful. Like that, that is probably my favorite rush tune from a, a lyrical perspective right um and just meaning wise that xandu has a special place in my heart for various reasons um that are more than just like how epic it is right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um but that song i mean xandu like lyrically is take it or leave it you know we're talking about ancient river or alf and honeydew it's honeydew. not it's not it's not this this thing where honestly if someone asked me like listen to rush like what i would i would love to play them the garden even though it doesn't really represent them at all from a from a their whole musical standpoint i probably saw more like caravan <laughs> on that album right yeah. from like oh this is what rush is all about like jams and riffy kind of stuff and right. also like cool song structure and all that right but um that song just i think anyone can love the garden <laughs> yeah honestly it, yeah. uh yeah whenever i listen to that or uh a song like after image i uh yeah, I, I go to the same place. I think you're dead when I when I listen to that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, such a beautiful song. And yeah, when we heard it live and uh, on the Clockwork Angels tour, it's just absolutely fantastic. That's still the Clockwork Angels show. I think that we saw at um, we saw one at Hershey. Yeah, uh, with with Peter and my brother, and uh, and we saw the other one was at uh, I think Jiffy Lube. I think those for me like yeah, man. Uh, you know, if I could have been around during like you know the '80s to see Rush in their heyday, like that probably would have been it for me. But for my limited exposure to Rush, being the you know a young person that I am, like Clockwork Angels mm-hmm. by far is just my absolute favorite tour. Which is funny because really we, powerful. We went to the show they recorded in Toronto for uh, right, yeah, for R40. It's, it's interesting that you don't have that connection to R40 because no. I thought I when I went there, I was like, that is this is so cool. Like we're yeah. gonna be a part of the DVD. <laughs> And we were, yeah, no, it was, yeah. it was completely, awesome. yeah, I mean, we have a lot of great memories from that, you know, going up to Toronto, but uh, from, from me, from like a personal connection, um, no, I, 
I mean, it, you know, it was it was certainly a great show, and it was great to be there with you guys and, and Melvin and Jeannie and your parents and, and everything. But uh, and being up there in Toronto and being there while they were recording it. But uh, now, from from a from personal standpoint, like the some of the songs they brought out for Clockwork Angels, just I really connected with. I really liked. It's just an mm. awesome concert. Well, that was a Power Window show. It was a Power <laughs> Window show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was, we, our, we definitely dug. I remember we got together um in intermission we're like this is the b-side tour it's exactly. so cool <laughs> it was, that that kind of stuff man it's just like you know i i like that definitely they played the hits in, in r40 it was it was great went but kind of like backwards in time but uh hearing some of those songs man you haven't heard in like you know 20 years and just some of these songs are like absolute gems mm-hmm. that you're just like never gonna hear before it just had that although i will say for r40 with the uh losing it that was up there. Like that in, was so in, cool. In, term, in terms of like the individual songs, I'll say like it was probably like for me it was like probably Red Sector A from Clockwork Angels, then maybe The Garden from Clockwork Angels, mm-hmm. and then after that it's probably losing it from R40. Mm-hmm. It was like just awesome. Love that song live. It was so cool because you didn't know the set list, and Melvin didn't know the set list, and nope. you didn't, and you I had didn't no idea. You no had idea. no idea how special it was. No idea. And I, I, I had seen the tour already, and like I, I definitely peaked. Yeah, but you like, definitely did. I, I knew, did. but um, there was heavily, it was heavily rumored they were going to play the song because they were practicing it, sound check and whatnot. And when they started playing "Headlong Flight," I audibly lost my shit because yeah. Yeah. I was like, they cut a song that means they have to be playing, losing it. Yeah. Like n- the rumors have to be true now. Like why they've never played a set list like this before. And I like, yep. I just want yep. you guys, I'm like, we're in for a special treat tonight. This is not like any other show they've played. Yep. Um, and it was so cool. And, uh, I, I just remember Melvin being like, Oh wait, they've never played. Like that was the first time they played it all tour. Like I didn't That's like, cause ever. I mean, Getty said it, but like, I guess he wasn't like, you know, it didn't sink in, but he's like, yeah, we've never done this live. Yeah, we're probably going to screw it up. Right. Sometimes they forget things. Yeah. You're in the, and you're in the moment and all that. And I was like, oh my gosh, losing it, what? <laughs> yeah. That's another, like... But I also went down to watch that, that song with my parents. I went, remember, like... Yeah, right, you were, you were like walking the, between the sections. The second, yeah, the second half of the... Or, like, the second half of the first set, I went down there and, and hung out with them. Yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crazy how that, that song came out. And, I mean, I've woken up to losing it every single day for, like, a year now. It's been my ringtone to wake up. Really, I love that uh, violin. It gets me going in the morning. That's good. <laughs> my trouble, yeah, I I don't know how I, I don't have an iPhone, so I don't know how it works. But at least for Android, like I can't figure out. Like I I don't know if you can like at least have it start up at like one section of the song. I guess I could just like mm-hmm. cut the song up in like Audacity and like just, yeah or GarageBand or whatever, and just like play the clip that I want. But I never like playing a song to wake up for because like usually it's either like A, it starts out slow and that's not going to make me wake up <laughs> or B, it's just like it's going to hit me really hard and I'm like, I want to listen to this song in bed. <laughs> right. I remember in, in oh, uh, it was high school, I listened to Ripples by Genesis, the whole thing, like right, yeah, all yeah. like 10 minutes of it to wake up. That was my like morning wake up routine. I don't know how you do that. Which is preposterous because like A, it's a really long song and B, like it, just put, it should put me right back to sleep. It's so soothing. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I still, yeah. I, I remember when you told me about that during the progress box. It's like, like I, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I don't know how Rachel feels about losing it. I don't typically set the alarm. Um, <laughs> so like she's only heard it a couple times huh. and only hears like the first couple bars. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, actually that, that kind of leads us into our, our second topic. So one thing, but, 
both Chris and I have is a lot of Rush wall art. Um, I remember you got your Clockwork Angels lithograph framed. Yeah, we both have one. Yeah, we both have I one got, frame. Uh, 353. That's my number. I think mine's like 63. 63? Man, yeah. you got the early one. Hey, man, I ordered like the second one. <laughs> I was like, That's yes! That's true. <laughs> Bye now! You're always much faster than I am. <laughs> I was all over it. But, uh, no, yeah, I've got that one. I've got, I've got my... Um, Beyond the Lighted Stage poster over here. That's one of mm. my treasured posters. I've got that. Mm. I've got... Uh, no, the other one isn't hanging oh, yeah, up. Oh, yeah, you have the, uh, the Hemispheres one, which eventually, like, I, I don't know whether I'm going to have a place for it, but, like, it's going to go to a, a good place, like, whether you guys, like, have a band room or something. Mm. Like, <laughs> it's going to hang somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get rid of that. You're going to donate to somebody's house, either me or Melvin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be in somebody's, like, man cave basement, whether it's mine or, or somebody else's. <laughs> that poster is not going to go away. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were talking about like, so Chris's girlfriend's moving in at the end of the month or something, uh, or no, end of a couple months from now. Or, no, yeah, yeah, end of the month. Oh yeah, yeah. So we were like, we need to give her some wall space, and like, <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you gotta make compromises, right? You gotta, you know, it's it's gotta be both your places. So I can't have you know man cave shit all over the place. <laughs> be half of it will be a man cave, and the other half will be hers and. You gotta, you know, you just gotta compromise. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was saying with Rachel, I was like, there's no way, like, her house is like completely themed and like very, like, very Rachelified, and I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna be like, hey, can we put the every album of Rush poster up and also like this awesome uh, <laughs> lithograph? Right. Of- yeah, she's got, she's got like that entire wall dedicated to the uh, plates of different places she's been, which right. is beautiful. It's awesome, yeah. but. You can't ask her to take that down. You like, can, well, what do you my, use the place well, for? There's no way in the world I would ever tell her to take that down. Like that, that I know that's off limits. <laughs> but like, like you'd be kicked out, <laughs> right? There, there's even even other places that there is open wall space. Like the the Clockwork Angels lithograph, which is my like I guess number one favorite thing, yeah. um, with a steampunk atmosphere and the greenish tones. Or it just does not fit the overall like beachy like beachy brighty, vibe, bright yeah. decor that yeah. is otherwise uh prominent <laughs> like there's no way it's gonna fly nope, nope. and I, and i'm thinking to myself what am i gonna do with this thing and i was telling chris like she knows full well that like if there's a future house between the two of us i'm getting a, a music room and like a band room and it's going in there <laughs> and yeah. that is my space no there's no if answer months about what goes on in there <laughs> That's that's the thing you gotta yeah. expedite that pro- you gotta expedite that process. <laughs> it's like I, I can't have these in storage too long, so we need to no, <laughs> no but um, you can't get rid of it. Just, no, yeah, that's not an option. I can't get rid of it. Absolutely, <laughs> even if it's just like in the back of a closet, it needs to exist and wait yeah. for its proper time to shine again. Exactly in the uh, exactly in the, the music room. It's inspiration, man. I remember when the band um would play in my like we had like this like weird open space on my first floor that we just didn't have anything in it was just kind of like there we had like a seat so we put like the drums there and like i put up inspirational rush posters (laughs) and um like i have like i think it's a clock it's either time machine or clockwork like poster there i think it's time machine yeah it's definitely time machine yeah and um and like you know it's like those are inspirational like i need to put that in the feature band room that's where that's gonna go because even though like the band doesn't even play there anymore we play in the basement slash at melvin's now like <laughs> it's still there as our <laughs> inspirational little corner yeah yeah that's pretty cool they still let you keep it up there it's yeah really nice. i think it's one of those things where like that room really has zero use like now we have like a few comfy sacks there just because we got an uh like a, a sectional for the other room 
So. Oh, see, I, I haven't even seen that. My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that. So we had like the nice R40 party. Uh, the R40 treats and all that, yeah. but uh, that was not there at that time. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was probably the last time I was there. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we all like, got together there, had a, a hang. But uh, yeah, so we were definitely thinking about like how Rush fits in our future life. Like, where are we gonna put all these things? Neither of us have Rush like uh, what do you call it? Uh, license plates? No, 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 I don't have one. Now, do you have any kind of Rush stuff at your work desk? Rush stuff on my work desk. No, not particularly. So I wear a Rush lanyard, the R40 lanyard, oh, really? every day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I one do of my... need to get a new lanyard. I don't, I don't have one. You should get the R41, man. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, my UMBC one. I like. I had a really bad habit of like taking it off, taking the clip off all the time, mm-hmm. and then I think I dropped it. I opened. A... <laughs> I was like driving home, and I I was in the parking lot, or the yeah the um, driveway, my uh, my parents' driveway. And like I just like dropped it off, and I'd open the door to like check something, like make sure it was parked right. And I dropped it out there, and then like I had to adjust my car, ran over the whole thing. Oh I've no! I've been a lanyard since. I've just been too lazy to buy another one. So yeah, maybe R40 might be the one. Yeah. Maybe they're discounted now. I don't know. We have to go and check it out, see if it's uh, available in the Rush backstage yeah. club. Yeah. No, but yeah, I, I don't have any Rush stuff there. I just have my headphones. I do have uh, two of my small. I'm an avid collector of Star Wars Legos. Mm-hmm. I do have two of my small sets there. I have a little Tie Fighter and a <laughs> wing So when I used to have a cubicle, I had um, what did I have up of Rush? I had something. Um. Hmm. Some sort of poster, rush bobblehead. Not, not, no, 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 no. I forget what I had up. Maybe actually, maybe I didn't have anything up. I don't know. I know when I had my um, my my intern cube at another company, I actually had the Clockwork Angel CDs just sitting there. It's <laughs> like just like I remember because like I didn't need it anywhere else. Like the little casing for it because yeah. it, it lived inside my car's CD player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I had that like as a decor, but um, yeah, no, I I run around with the Rush lanyard, and one other guy at work has the exact same lanyard, and actually, uh, I've got a few like older guys at work bring it up. Actually, the funny part is we have like our internet where like everyone can post. Um, they they ask like, what is your like driving tune, right? And I was sure, like going sure. through the set like there's like thousands of comments, right? But I went through a few pages, and every single page there's some guy being like Red Barchetta man. <laughs> Or like free will, or like all these rush songs, and I'm like, oh my god, like, I, clear- like, I clearly, like, yeah, like. exactly. I'm like, I clearly work with a bunch of like baby boomers because everyone loves Rush, yep. <laughs> and there's me being like, Woo, rock on, and like one guy was like, 2112 because it's long, and I'm like, yes, that's my option. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, being in a smaller company, there's there's very few uh, Rush fans there, but we do have a new uh, uh, product uh, guy in product management, Matt uh, Matt Covington who uh, one day, I think it was like one Friday, came to work with a uh, Snakes and Arrows oh, uh, nice. jersey. It was awesome. Because I think, he, I didn't actually see him early that day, but I heard somebody else say, like, oh, yeah, Rayborg's really into Rush. I'm like, you should go talk to him. And I saw Matt later. I was like, hey, <laughs> I know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, no one really wears T-shirts at our work, even on, like, Friday. But like one time, the guy sits next to me. I didn't realize he was into this stuff. He was wearing a Daring Fireball, which is like this big like Apple uh, related blog yeah. shirt. And like he walks in wearing, I'm like, what? You wear Daring? You free Daring Fireball? <laughs> like what? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, man. It's like one of my go-to sites. <laughs> so we have well, that. Now you know. Now we have that moment. Yeah. But I remember when this guy first got hired on, and he did his little like about me um, 
slides at our first staff meeting yeah. and he's like i really like this band called rush and everyone looked at me and we're like we're gonna be best friends because <laughs> it was no secret that i also was very into rush because i was going on i was literally taking all my vacation days to go and see them <laughs> in various places <laughs> on the r40 tour right 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 i remember i actually missed a meeting i was like hey i'm gonna be a little late because at 10 o'clock was when the uh tickets went on sale for toronto yeah and i was like i got things to do <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys i gotta take pto buy some tickets <laughs> i was like i'll be like f- 10 15 minutes late to that meeting i gotta i gotta take care of something uh i i, I know the meeting <laughs> personal, personal emergency. at 10 o'clock in the middle of the day <laughs> yeah there were there was it was no problem that i actually missed that meeting it was very uh it was a very subtle meeting like it That's was good. just That's it was good. just like a staff meeting and i was like i'll get there like you guys do other things until i get there it's fine yeah <laughs> I think that's kind of like one common thread through everything is like, you know, rush throughout the years. It uh, doesn't matter whether you listen to them in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. It's still, if you find another person that listens to rush, it's like you found like your soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You definitely like have everybody, like, everybody's still a closet rush nerd. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those things where you find a rush fan and you're like, are like, what? You're into Rush? Like, hold yeah. up. Nobody ever comes up to somebody and be like, oh yeah, I'm a Beyonce fan. I'm like, oh yeah, you are? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's just kind of like a given. Right. Like, yeah, like, it's not it's not a shocker. You're not no. like we need to now talk for the next hour and a half about our favorite uh, you know, album cover. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. But yeah, I guess it I guess that kinda does it for this this week's show. Hopefully you like the deviation from the norm. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I actually haven't listened to all very many of the Rushcast shows yet, so I'm curious to see where this fits in the rest of the material. Hopefully <laughs> we did a good job. Uh, yeah, and actually, um, you know, if you liked what you've heard today, you can hear a much more immature Chris and Alec on the Prog Rock Block. Same shameless plug at uh, <laughs> progrockblock.com. It's still up. It's still up. Facebook page. We have our Facebook page where we have like people messaging us, being like, "I'm in a progressive rock band, and I will share you my album if you play it on the show." Hey, we still have some really good uh, material that came from there. We had uh, uh, Flicker, I think, was one. Yeah, that was awesome. Band. Uh, we had 1974, 1974 was a really good one, which is not the 1974. Like, there's a band that got popular that has like a, the, the 1974 or something like that, or maybe 1979. There's some year okay close to it that got popular, and I remember seeing like. Oh, like at to- on tour, like this. Not- I was like, "Is that the band? Like, did they get big?" And I got like really excited. And I looked and it up and I was like, like "No, no. They're still in Connecticut." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah there's like some random band, but um, yeah, that was a fun show. So feel free to listen to that. Um, we're gonna be on again next week, and we're talking about maybe doing uh, to fit into the the trivia theme that Jay's doing. We might do a uh, name that tune episode we're trying to figure out the logistics of how we're going to make that happen i think we need like a, a host that's not us so we can compete yeah we'll see who we can get and we'll see, we'll, see we'll, we'll see if we can make it happen uh but until then you know rush on and we'll catch you next week with more proggy goodness <laughs> <laughs>